This is a Federal News Network podcast. With an aging federal workforce and rising inflation rates, 62 legislators are urging the House Committee on Appropriations to add a pay bump to the fiscal 2023 Financial Services and General Government Appropriations Bill. The latest push for a federal pay raise of 5.1% comes from this year's iteration of the FAIR Act, sponsored by Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly. He tells Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, even though inflation's at 8.5%, he thinks 5.1% is a more realistic goal. If you can get to 8.5%, that's great. I mean, we have never gotten the 5.1%, so we picked the number that was a high number, but one we thought we could achieve. Have you seen any progress with the legislation since it was introduced for the FAIR Act? I think we certainly saw progress in President Biden in his proposal of a 4.6% increase. That's very close to our number, and it's a lot closer than previous years. In the last 12 years, we've seen some healthy increases, but we've also seen pay frozen. We've seen zero increases or 1%. So our goal is to try to meet the gap, the pay gap in federal wages. I mean, the Federal Salary Council says that on average, federal employees are making 23.1% less than their private sector counterparts. So there's still a wage gap, and you know, an income gap. We also have to remember that 600,000 federal employees make less than $60,000 a year. And we also have to remember that a third of the federal workforce is eligible for retirement sometime in the next five years. How are we going to attract the workforce of the future if we continue to fall further and further behind in the wage gap? Looking to try to move the FAIR Act forward, is that something that you are looking to garner more support from your colleagues? And are you working at all with the Senate to get support for that? I believe the companion bill is introduced in the Senate by the senator from Hawaii, Senator Schatt. And yeah, we're hoping it will have action in both the House and the Senate. But our real goal is to get that wage gap addressed. You also introduced some legislation at the end of 2021 looking to strengthen the Office of Personnel Management. What progress have you seen on that reform bill and how are you looking to garner more support for that area? What we're trying to do here is protect the Office of Personnel Management from the kind of attack that was launched in the previous administration, which actually recommended the abolishment of the office, which is the human resource office for the entire federal government and has broad management responsibilities included among which is the management of the Federal Employee Health Benefit Program, the largest single health benefit program in the world. That was a really bad idea. We were able successfully to kill it, but we also need to strengthen and protect the OPM as we go forward, and that's what our legislation is designed to do. Uh, Whether we can move it in this Congress remains a, a question mark because it's a very full agenda. We only have 40 days I believe, in which we're scheduled to be in session between now and the fall. But we're going to try and we're going to push it. And we have to educate members about just how important this seemingly obscure agency is. But it's actually a really important one. It's at at the heart of the federal operation. It makes the federal operation work as the HR agency of the entire government. Is there anything else that you're looking at right now? Any other concerns? I've introduced a bill to try to streamline and systematize how the federal government recruits, deploys, and utilizes internships. 
Every federal agency, indeed many individual departments of federal agencies, kind of have their own approach to internships. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not used well as a recruitment tool. It's not evaluated. It's not even always well managed. And if you look at the private sector, internships are used to great effect as a recruitment tool. In the private sector, you're looking at somewhere north of 75% of the people who get an internship being offered a job in that company. In the federal government, we're looking at single digits, single digits. That means over 90% of people who do get an internship with the federal government never work for the federal government again. And that's a wasted effort. As we're looking at a whole third of the federal workforce getting ready to retire over the next five years, we've got to step up our efforts at recruitment and retention. Internships are a very you know, effective way of recruiting and motivating the next generation of federal employees. That's something that the White House also talked about in its 2023 fiscal year budget request, putting 30,000 interns into the federal sector for 2023. Do you have any comments on that number? They're looking to increase more paid internship opportunities as well. With respect to paid internships, I think that's really important in equalizing opportunity. If you don't have paid internships, you skew internships toward families and young individuals who can afford to spend the summer not paid. That discriminates against lower income families and kids who are equally talented, but simply cannot afford not to earn some income during the summer. So I think paid internships are absolutely appropriate and, and warranted to equalize opportunity, which the federal government you know, is mandated to do across the board. I was very pleased that the federal budget this year asked for funding to have as many as 30,000 internships. I think that's the way to go since we're talking about hundreds of thousands of federal employees eligible for retirement soon. So I think that's a great step forward, but we have to match that with a structured program. We've got to create architecture for ensuring that those internships are positive experiences, that there are exit interviews, that there's a mentorship program within the internship experience so that these young people will have a good experience and want to consider public service with the federal government as a career path. There are a couple other bills out there that are looking at different ways to also reform the federal workforce, things like the Chance to Compete Act and the Inspired to Serve Hiring Improvements Act. Are those pieces of legislation things that are on your radar? I think they're all designed to try to contribute to new and innovative ways of recruiting and retaining the workforce of the future for the federal government. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. And we ought to be doing a lot more of it. And we ought to be, I think, looking at, and I had a hearing on this, what's the workplace of the future going to look like? We're going to have to incorporate social media. We're going to have to incorporate more flexible schedules. We're going to have to move away from a rigid rules-based kind of work setting to something that's more flexible. And the pandemic has kind of shown us the way to do that and do it relatively successfully. Uh, In terms of virtual working, virtual meetings, we're not going to stay virtual for 100% forever. But what we have learned is we know how to do it. We know how to make it work. We know how to entice productivity in that kind of environment. And so as we move forward, we don't want to just go back to the old 20th century model. We want to take cognizance of those changes. And I think, you know, Generation X and the Zen generation are going to insist on it. 
That's Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly speaking with Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. You can find her story at federalnewsnetwork.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.